Good morning, Tiffany Fellowship Church. How are you doing today? Excellent. Welcome to those of you joining us in our online, cam online campus. We're thrilled you're here today as well. Um, before I introduce our fathers I have on the platform today, let me just talk to you about what we're going to do today. Um, let me just take a moment give you the purpose of this kind of out-of-the-normal presentation. Now, it is difficult, if not impossible, to estimate the value of fathers in the life of their children. Would you agree with that? Calculating the damage that absentee or faulty fatherhood has caused our society is reflected in the incarceration rate in the United States of America today. I learned this last week that we are number one in the world in percentage of population that is imprisoned. Did you know that? Number one in the percentage of population imprisoned in the United States of America today. And I cannot, I cannot even begin to calculate how much of the reason for that is because of faulty fatherhood and absentee fatherhood. Now, let me just say this. Uh, it's my goal today to celebrate fathers, honor fathers, encourage fathers. So it's crucial to stress how important fathers are in the life of their children. And let me just say it bluntly, dads, how many fathers do we have here today? Let me see your hand. Dads, listen, you are your child's best earthly chance of success in life, and most importantly, you are your children's best chance at eternal life. Now, I know that's a bold statement, and there's probably... A lot of mothers in the room today saying, hey, what about me? Am I chopped liver? No, I'm not diminishing the role of motherhood in any way, shape, or form. In just a minute, you're going to hear some staggering statistics that will prove to you just how important the influence of a father's life is. And we'll get to that in a moment. But let me introduce to you the, the fathers that we have today. And they're here by, by invitation of me. What we're doing for the next this week and next week is we're talking about the seasons of fatherhood. The seasons of fatherhood. And at first I thought we'd have a four-sermon ser series. You know, fatherhood in the spring, fatherhood in the summer, fatherhood in the fall, fatherhood in the winter, but we're only going to do two weeks. So today represents the springtime of fatherhood. Young Fathers with younger and teenage children. Next week I'll be joined by a different panel of people, and we're going to talk about what fatherhood looks like in the latter years of our life. How many grandfathers do we have in the house today? Let me see your hand. Grandfathers. Awesome. You know, almost probably about 33% of how many fathers we had here today. So let me introduce to you uh, the fathers that I have on the platform today. Uh, I have them in alphabetical order on the screen, but just to my left is Brad Linger. Uh, Brad is uh, the father of three young children and also has the distinction of being the father to all of my grandchildren. So, <laughs> um, to his left is uh, Patrick Daniels, who is not only our youth pastor, but Patrick is the father of three children. And then we have Matt uh, Knowles, who is our children's pastor and the father of two children. So let me just take a moment and let you guys just tell us a little bit about your families, if I could. Um, just tell us your children, uh, hopefully you've, you've got their names memorized. Uh, you don't have to give their age, but if, you, if I, I bet their mothers would know their age in months and perhaps we have weeks. So tell me your children, uh, introduce your children to us. Uh, yeah, so oldest is Olivia. She is uh, 180 months. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's not right at all. No. No, that's not even close to right. Joey was doing the math, I could tell. He was like, I don't care. Yeah, Olivia, she's six, and uh, she's the one running around with no front teeth uh, at, at any place, top or bottom. Carter's three and a half, almost four, going on 14, and Charlotte's our newbie, and she's three months. Awesome. Yep, and I've got three kids as well, so my oldest, Nathan, is 12, but he's about to be 13 here in about a week and a half, Whoa. so I will officially have a teenager, and I'm way too young to have a teenager, so. <laughs> um, and then my, uh, my second son, his name's Cody, he's eight, and my daughter is Chloe, and she's four. Well, I have uh, two children. I have Emma, who is 22, so I've got you all beat just a little bit there. <laughs> and then, hey, we weren't quite done, so we have Connor, who's also nine years old. Awesome, thank you. All right, let's give them a, yeah, hey. <laughs> So I thought we'd start it out in a kind of unique way. How many of you know what a dad joke is? How many of you know what a dad joke is? So we're going to give you our best dad jokes, okay? So you ready for some dad jokes? Let's start with you, Matt. Start, let's start on that and work our way this week. Your best dad joke. Oh, man, I had like four or five picked up. All right, well, go quick. Okay. Do a couple quick. When does a joke become a dad joke? When a dad says it? When it's a parent. Wow. Oh, oh my. Okay. Oh, set the uh, bar high. Yeah. That's <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Nobody. Nobody, Nobody who? who? Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll end on a good note. All right. So, I'm a, I'm a kid's pastor, and I've got young kids. So, poop jokes aren't my favorite kind of jokes. That's but they're old. a solid number two. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, we let's, just, have, let's have the elders come. Let's uh, close in prayer. Yeah, yeah, let's have the elders come for prayer. <laughs> <laughs> we just went to PG-13 on that one just like that. Yep. What about you, Patrick? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and clean up our discussion a little bit. Okay. Um, That'd we'll bring it back in. Uh, we'll, get a little, we'll get a little scriptural, if that's okay. Okay. Pastor. All right. Um, so... Did you know there, there's no mention in the Bible of Jesus ever wearing necklaces or jewelry? Do you know why that is? I don't know why. He can't, because he breaks every chain. Oh. 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 Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. I like that. That's, That's good. 12 years of practice. Though. That's a good idea. Yeah. Breaks every chain. You got another one? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pass it on to All Brad right, right now. All right, Brad. <laughs> Let me, um, let me think through my database. <laughs> database. Dad His database. I don't know. I don't know if I have any. But, you know, this morning, Carter, I was getting ready with Carter, helping him uh, get ready for church. And he said, Dad, can you help me? Can you put on my shoes? And I was like, but I don't think those are going to fit me. <laughs> fit me? <laughs> it's, weird. it's a weird question to ask. <laughs> All right. Did you guys hear about the circus fire? It was intense. Oh, I'm out. Oh. That's it. Yikes. Dad jokes, ladies and gentlemen. I would, I'd say drop the mic, but if you've ever purchased a microphone, you would never drop it. Yeah, microphone. don't drop it. It's about 300 bucks, just or higher, higher than that, yeah. 300 bucks. That's bucks. probably a good indication that he's a dad also. He'll be telling everybody not to touch the thermostat on the way out also. Yes. Thank you. Yes. 
please close the door. What? This is my, I heard this from my dad a lot. Were you born in a barn? <laughs> Do you want to air condition the all of outdoors? Okay. Hey, and, dad, love you. Happy Father's Day. I know he's watching. <laughs> I'll be calling later. <laughs> anyway, so let's, uh, let's just begin kind of, uh, uh, I'll throw some softball questions to you guys, all right? Um, what is the, let's start with Brad, what is the greatest lesson your dad ever taught you? The greatest lesson my dad ever taught me? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like I'm going to have one thing to say, but I'm going to say several. Okay, go. <laughs> um, my dad never, I don't know if I can say this is the greatest. I'll say, I'll modify your question. Here are some good things. Okay. Good. I, I would hate to be like my dad watching, saying, well, that's the best thing I ever taught you. My dad didn't realize he was teaching me this, but like growing up, we'd go to like Walmart or something and I'd want to buy something. And I'd say, dad, can you buy this for me? Uh, I'll pay you back. And every single time the dude would say no and it would frustrate me. And I'd be like, well, dad, I got the money in my piggy bank or whatever. He'd say, no, use your own money. And I don't think he realized that that was like a lesson, but in that moment, like it taught me to like use your own money. Like, you know, if you want to buy something, use your own money. And so to this day, like, I hate financing anything because in the back of my mind, I'm at Walmart, you know, trying to buy that right. new basketball and dad's saying, use your own money, son. So that's a good one. That's a good one. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, what do I think? Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to agree with you on the whole, like, I don't want to say that my, that's the one thing, the best thing my dad ever taught me, because again, I'm afraid that he's going to come back and be like, really? That's, that was it. Um, but no, one of the good things, and I, I, I think that it's, it's informed me as a, as a dad is my dad was always really conscious about doing things together as a family. So like every summer, my dad was a physician growing up and every summer he would have to do CMEs, which are continuing medical education. So, and if there's any doctors in the house, you know, they don't ever put those things at like random small town, Missouri. It's always in like Orlando or like Destin, Florida or something like that because the weather's better there. So my dad would always have to go to these every single year and it became vacation for us. Even though he had work to do, he would bring us along on that. And it just kind of seemed that that was always the thing. Like my dad would go out of his way to, to, to buy things for us just to, to do together. Like going to, I know it's worlds of fun out here, but on the east side of the state, it's Six Flags was the thing. And so, like, that was just something that I felt like was instilled in me. It's like, he taught me, hey, you know, you keep family around. You do everything together as family. Great, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm the last one to answer this question because, honestly, I, I don't have a good experience. Uh, honestly, my, my dad wasn't around um, as a kid. My parents divorced when I was really young. Um, and so, honestly, for me, the best thing that my dad taught me was how to be a bad father. <laughs> Um, so, in, in retrospect, he taught me how to be a good father by not doing the things that he did, mm. by being there for my son and my daughter um, at big events or important events, honestly, just being around. Um, so, hey, thanks, Dad. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah. I want to go again. Okay, go again. Go again. Can, I go? can I take another turn? Yeah. No, I mean, you can respond to that. I just want to no? get this in there. So, um... I, recently, I, I hopped onto Zillow and um, looked at my childhood home in North Carolina, which if you've not ever done that, I've always been curious, like, well, I wonder what it looks like. We moved away in like 98. Um, I um, 
I saw the front living room where my dad would go to pray. Mm. And there were the, there's these two doors. There's these French doors that would close. And I, I, can, I can remember the sound of those doors closing mm. every day, mm. every single day, and my dad going to prayer. Now, I think he would also maybe fall asleep in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what, be, what better place to sleep? Dad, if you're watching, I, you know... I don't know how much of that time you spent praying, how much of that time you were resting in the Lord, but <laughs> nevertheless, you were, you were taking time, you know, to pray for us. And, and just, that, just that sound, like, I, I visually saw the doors, but more than that, I heard that sound of those doors closing. And so, I mean, it was just that example of what my dad... Excellent. What, he, he, he was just practicing Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait upon the Lord yeah. renew their... That's good. Amen. <laughs> Elders, please come. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I'm in the fall and winter of fatherhood, so I'm going to kind of refrain from answering questions next week when we have grandfathers that are in the autumn and in the uh, winter of their fatherhood. I'll, I'll do a little bit more participation in that, but let me just say one thing my dad taught me. My dad taught me how to tithe. Now listen, you might say, oh boy, that's a terrible skill. No, let me tell you, it's one of the most important skills I ever learned in my life from my father. The importance of being a wise steward of what God has given me. And I'll never forget when my dad came to me and I was about nine years old and he said, look, son, you need a job. <laughs> it's true, if he's watching, he knows it's true. He goes, you, know, you need a paper route. And my dad helped me get a paper route and uh, and so I, I delivered papers, and that was back in the day when you had to collect. You delivered the papers, and once a week you'd have to knock on the door and go collect for the papers. And so my dad would tell me every, every week, for the first four weeks, he'd say, so how much money did you make this week? And I'd say $9. And the first thing he'd say is, so what's 10% of $9? And my dad was a preacher, so he'd say, let me just help you out and say, I'll put it in the offering basket for you on Sunday, son. Now, it's, it's funny, uh, but it's, it's true nonetheless. Two things my dad taught me that were so important and stayed with me is the importance of giving God what's his and recognizing that everything we have comes from God and being a wise steward of it. Secondly, my dad taught me how horrible debt was. And he'd sit me down and say, now listen, you go into debt and you're going to pay this amount of interest and how much interest at the end. And so you can ask my wife, my whole marriage long, I've been debt averse. I just, I can't stand debt. If we get a credit card, we pay it off at the end of the month. That's it. I mean, we don't buy anything we can't afford. And so my dad taught me how to handle money too. So that's, that's a couple of the good things that my, my dad taught me. And as a pastor, boy, you don't know how valuable that is, you know, to know, <laughs> to know the importance of tithe. So let me just ask you this, Matt, if we could just kind of skip over to you. This last week, you and I were talking about the importance of fatherhood, and you did some research. And uh, can you give us some statistics that you discovered this last week in your research? Yeah, I'm kind of a math nerd, so statistics are right up my alley, and, and I love them. And I, I like to do a lot of research, particularly when it pertains to kids, because it's what God has entrusted me with. Uh, so I want to share a couple of statistics here. Um, one survey that I found... Uh, said that if a child is the first person in a household to become a Christian, the child is the first person in a household to become a Christian, there's a 3 to 5% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. 
3 to 5%. If the mother is the first to become a Christian, there's a 17% probability that everyone in the house will follow. However, when the father is the first, there is a 93% probability that everyone else in the house will follow Christ. That's just one. That's, that's staggering. That is staggering. Yeah. You want to change the world, dads? Go to church. That's right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Now, in, in another study, I saw that if a father does not go to church, no matter how faithful his wife's devotion, only one child in 50 will become a regular church attender. One in 50. If a father does go regularly, regardless of the practice of the mother, between two-thirds and three-quarters of their children will become churchgoers, regular or irregular attenders. And they say that one of the reasons that suggests uh, this distinction is that uh, children tend to take their cues about domestic life from mom uh, while their conceptions of the world outside come from dad. Mm. If dad takes faith in God seriously, then the message to their children is that God should be taken seriously. Wow, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I think um, I, I, can, I can see how important that is, and I can see why that statistic uh, is, is true and would, would verify that. Dads, the influence that you have on your family is amazing. I have the privilege of, of observing uh, the fatherhood uh, of, of Brad Linger, and, and uh, you know, it's amazing. Um, sometimes when Carter and o Olivia will fall and hit, hit their head or something while I'm babysitting them. A lot of injuries on my grandkids when I'm babysitting them, by the way. Uh, <laughs> they, were, they were late walkers, so they're a little clumsy. <laughs> When, when they cry and they want their parent, they cry, they, they cry for their dad, which is amazing. Now, they don't, they don't not cry for their mom, but it's, it's, it's amazing to me the influence uh, of a father that's, that's involved uh, on the life of a child. So let's, let's continue then. Um, all, all three of you, four of us if you include me, are, are in, involved in ministry. Brad, you are a former youth pastor and now you're, you, you know, you're involved in the worship team and your spouse is our, our worship pastor, so ministry governs a lot of what happens in, in your life. How do, you, how do you, you guys, Pastor Matt, Pastor uh, uh, Patrick and, and Brad, how do you manage, how do you manage ministry and home life? How, how, how do you manage that? Uh, um, is it difficult? Is it easy? I think a lot of people might think that being a minister, being a pastor, and being a father, oh, they blend so well together, it's easy to balance that. Is, is that true? Anyone want to speak on that first? Yeah, that's not been my experience. In fact, my, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you it's, it's a lesson learned. Um, and the big lesson out of that is everything that you say yes to, you say no to something else. Mm. So in ministry, there's a lot of, there's a lot of demands because honestly, like, God's given us a heart for people. Um, which you want to say yes to people. You want to say, yes, I can be there to take care of this. Yes, I would love to come in and serve you in this way. But every time that you say yes, you have to say no to something else. And a lot of the times that ends up being family if you're not careful. And so the first part of, of my ministry when Ashley and I stepped into ministry was there was a lot of demand for, hey, I've got to figure this out. I was bivocational at the time. So it mm -hmm. was, let me work 40 to 50 hours full time and then another 28 hours part-time doing ministry, and then try to squeeze in family on top of that, and yeah. I had the priority all wrong. Yeah. 
to where it was like, I'm, I'm working full time, and that's how we provided, you know, financially. Then ministry came second, and then family kind of got squeezed in there at the end, and, and that's a recipe for disaster. For, for us, it was like I was saying yes to everything else, and then my family got what was left. Mm. And so early on in our ministry, that was a thing like, hey, there's probably nothing more important to us. A, we're both going to follow Jesus, but then on top of that, we have to have our family has to follow Jesus together. And we have to be able to, to look at, hey, God's called us to be ministers in our own family first, and then outside of that is where our ministry calling plays in too. So Excellent. Not always easy, right? but, but intentional. Matt, Brad, either one? Yeah, I'll jump in. I think what's helped me is to try to just, for Emily and I, to think of ourselves as just missionaries, um, just even though we live stateside, even though... Uh, you know, we don't necessarily have plans at the moment to become missionaries, but to just have that mindset because a missionary is, there's just, you're just, it's just on. You're on 100% of the time. Every relationship you have yeah. is an opportunity for ministry. So, you know, when a, when a missionary is, you know, interacting with, you know, their landlord or when they're interacting with, you know, the person they're buying food from or whatever, uh, there's there's no separation of the spiritual and the, and the secular. Just e every interaction is an opportunity for ministry. So for Emily and I to approach our family in such a way that, that we're just missionaries, then then everything in life is the opportunity for ministry. So when you're in the checkout line at Walmart, you know, uh, and you're and you're needing to demonstrate, you know, your your patience, uh, you know, that that's an opportunity, you know, to, to minister to those around you. With my clients at work. Um, you know, when I can tell that, you know, whoever the manager is that I'm speaking to is stressed, you know, as a missionary, you, that you would say, okay, here's a, here's a great opportunity for me to, you know, speak truth, you know, to, to provide, um, you know, this, this is a, a divine appointment. Uh, but just so often when we're, you know, when we're stateside, you just don't have that approach. So um, with our kids, we just we just try to bring them into it um, and, and make it fun. Our kids are here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they are here in this building all the time. So we try to make it fun and uh, make it a place where, where they want to be. But even this morning, you know, Carter, he's a little bit under the weather. Under the weather and if we didn't have rules around here, chances are maybe we would have skipped today or maybe one of the parents would have stayed home. But, um, but, you know, we push him, you know, just a little bit as much as his three, almost four-year-old body can go because like, hey, bud, this is, this is where we need to be. And when you're sick, man, there's no better place, you know, than to be in the house of the Lord. And yeah. so, but that ministry, that missionary mindset. Yeah. As, as a PK, which I've, I've been all my life and y'all, all of your, all of your children are, are PKs and growing up as a PK, I, I knew where every nook and cranny in the church was because like my dad would go early in the morning to pray and I would walk with him to church and then he'd be praying and I'd walk with him back and forth on the front of the platform, praying and praying and praying, and then I would get bored and I'd go find something to do and I could, I could slide under the pews on my backside from the back all the way to the front. I knew, I knew where everyone sat that would put gum under their seat, so if I needed a fresh or a not so fresh piece of gum I could get, I knew where that was stashed. So, and I, 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 notice, I notice all your children around here, you know, and it's like one time I asked Olivia, what did you learn in church today? And she said, which service, first or second? It's like, whoa! <laughs> you think you go to church a lot? You know, it's it's. We have a stack of all of the arts and crafts in our house. <laughs> Double. Emily will not get rid of anything, and so 
you, you can see like their effort in first service, it's awesome. They're coloring it in, it's like they're nailing it. In second service, they're just phoning it in. Like, <laughs> Blobs on a yeah. page. <laughs> By the way, you're welcome for that stack. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. So I, I left a, a retail career where I was out of the house a lot, worked really demanding hours, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to take a ministry job. This is going to be, I'm going to have so much more family time. <laughs> Welcome to the world of... Yeah, that lasted all of about two weeks. Right. And it, it very quickly, I had to realize that exactly what Patrick said is every yes you say, you are saying no to something else. And mm -hmm. So if it's 8 or 9 o'clock and I'm saying yes to a, a ministry event, I'm saying no to tucking my kid in at night. Mm. Um, and the, early on, that's easy to do because you're like, I've got plenty of time. I've got plenty of time. But as, as things continue and uh, patterns increase, you have to make time specifically for your family and your kids. Um, a guardrail or a boundary that is very specific and intentional time um, to be not just a pastor, because um, I'm not only a dad to my son, but I'm also his direct pastor. Mm. Um, and so yeah. I, I have to have times that are intentional where all I am is dad. I'm not pastor mad. I'm, I'm not his kid's pastor. I'm just dad, and we're just telling dad jokes. Like, actually, he gave me one of them today, so thanks, son. You were great. <laughs> great. Um, I, I can see by the clock, I'm going to have to narrow down my field here, but let me just ask a couple more questions. What, what types of traditions are you, you having in your families, traditions that speak of God and speak of faith? Uh, what do you do with your children as a father to, instead of just piling them in the car and taking them to church, what are some traditions you're establishing? What do you do to bring your faith in, into your children in, in their lives? Something that would apply to every father here. Does anyone? Yeah, I, I think it, it's kind of a good question to follow up on the last one is, if you're gonna be intentional with the time that you spend, use the time wisely. Um, and that's not to say that there's not value in sitting on the floor and wrestling or building with Legos or whatever, but one of the traditions we have, and it's been a thing since Nathan, my oldest, was, uh, was a small child, is my wife and I had kind of come to an agreement here. It's like, for the most part, I'm going to put the kids to bed. Why? And I think she was more intentional about it than I was at first. Um, but I see the value in it now that it's been almost 13 years. Is Every night, um, I've got time with each of my kids to be able to put them to sleep. Uh, that's usually for my daughter who is, and she loves, she loves books right now. We, we read Bible stories yesterday just because she wanted to read them. But at nighttime specifically, like that's the time I get to sit down and I do devotional with my boys. Uh, and, and with my daughter, I get to pray over her every night. And so as far as traditions go, something to teach them, and that's, a, that's on top of the, hey, we pray at meals and stuff like that, is make, it, make, make the priority of the time that you have to spend with the Lord and, and to study a little bit. And they do more stuff with that. My, my kids are all homeschooled. My wife's a great teacher. So they get, a lot of, they get a lot of learning about what God's purpose and plan for their life is just during the daytime. But that, night, that, that little bit of time at night, um, it's kind of been tradition for me now is, hey, this is where I get to, to share scripture with them. This is where I get to, to kind of prophesy over them, to mm. pray for them. And, and uh, it's, been, 
It's one of my favorite parts. What of does it. a prophecy sound like? I'm putting, uh, what does a prophecy like, sound like? I mean, like? What, what do you mean? For my kids? Say, yeah, what, what, get, can you give us sure, a Sure, yeah. So, so my wife and I... <laughs> I know that isn't on the script, but... No, so my wife and I pray this. <laughs> you know, we pray things over our kids specifically, and, uh, and it's, it's things like, you know, God's going, to, God's going to show you the desire of your heart as you reflect who God is and you mm. chase after him. It's God's going to give you strength to, to make good decisions. It's like you're going to make wise decisions because God's given you sound judgment. He's given you the Holy Spirit that when you come into these situations like and you're it. like, I don't know right from wrong, then ask what's right and wrong. Mm, and it's those kind of things. Like, you yeah. know, if you don't prophesy good things over your kids, they're, they're going to go. So it's not necessarily going, yea, the Spirit of God saith unto thee. No. It's not speaking King James. It's... I don't think I've ever said the word saith except to make fun <laughs> of the word saith. But you no. never use the word saith? I, wow. I, I'm just saying, if, if you want God to do things in your kids' lives, and I'm speaking to moms and dads, but dads, if you have this time with your kids, speak the things that you want God to do in their lives and know that it's so because God wants it to be so. For me, I don't know that we specifically have tradition that we're setting up, but there's a huge weight on me that says, in everything I do, can my children see the love of Christ? Mm. And it's, it's caused me to think differently. Mm. Am, am I showing my son a whole lot of me, or am I showing him a whole lot of Christ? Wow. Um, and our, our family has a, a huge passion for missions. And so my son, you know, Melissa tucks him in every night, and so I'm on the floor right, floor right below, but I can hear him praying. And that kid can pray for missions around so many people just because we have a heart for missions, and now he has a heart for missions. And he'll, Melissa's like, you need to talk to him about shortening these prayers. <laughs> and I'm like, pray on, buddy, pray on. Keep going. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do waffles on Saturdays. Nice. Is that, is that the right? Am I, am I misunderstanding? Maybe I'm misunderstanding the question. No, no never that's a good. Bad, a bad answer. They're so good. Waffles it's like triple chocolate waffle. It's so bad. <laughs> when I melt the chocolate, it's like half of a Nestle's. It's terrible, but it's really good. Um, <clears throat> we continue your tradition of the blessing mm. over the kids each night. So just uh, oldest to youngest, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Just, it's just that grounding moment. I, we, I do bedtimes as well. And like that's, that's the highlight of my night. Once I kind of slow down, because I can kind of be a little impatient, and I can be like, all right, let's get to bed. Go, go, go. Get upstairs, you know, take your clothes up, put your PJs on. Like, I'm kind of a drill sergeant. And then I'm like, wait, <laughs> slow down, you know, because this is your moment to, like, ground your kids, not ground them in the sense of they're in trouble, <laughs> but, like, you know, level set um, and, and, you know, kind of give them that security, that, that um, just that fatherly moment because yeah. uh, a lot of times I get you know maybe half hour to two hours a day with the kids and so like that's my moment and, and most of the time is doing work so mm -hmm. that's just that's that one moment yeah. thank you okay let, let me do one more question um, you know I, I did a lot of thinking about this this last week and can I just say if you look through the scripture to find examples of good fathers there are not very many. I challenge you. There are a few, but there are not many. There's, the scripture is filled with bad dads. 
from David to Lot to Abraham to Isaac to Eli to Samuel. There's a lot of bad dads. Now listen, that's not to say God didn't, because God did some powerful things through some bad dads. No dad's perfect, but there's a lot of illustrations of bad dads in Scripture. Let me just read a scripture. David, who I think is probably one of the most important persons in the Bible. King David, right? Bloodline of Jesus, that whole thing. Uh, David was not necessarily a good dad. In fact, scripture a couple of times said that he refused to discipline his kids. In first, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 21, it said, when, when, when Amnon, David's firstborn, <laughs> raped Tamar one of his daughters, the Bible says in Samuel, 2 Samuel 13, 23, when King David heard this, he was furious, but then in the notes it says that he, he would not punish his son Amnon, though, because he was afraid to discipline him. Scripture tells us in 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, now Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, this is another one of David's sons, put himself forward and said, I will be king. So he got chariots and horses ready, with 50 men to run ahead of him. His father, David, had never rebuked him by saying, why do you do the things you do? See, David was the king, and the fact of the matter is he was sort of an absentee father. And one of the reasons why several of his children got into bad situations is because he would not discipline his children. So I want to ask you guys, and put it on you this morning, Disciplining children, teaching children right from wrong. And let me just say something to all the fathers in this room. I'll put this one on me. You're going to hear from our culture today. You're going to hear from our culture today that it's not your job to teach your children right from wrong. You're going to hear things, even subtext from the culture that says it's government's job, it's public school's job, it's society's job, it's not your job to teach your children right from wrong. And I just want to say, that's not, a, that's not biblical at all. The Bible says that it, it, the Bible confronted David because he refused to teach his children right from wrong. So, so that's part of your job as fathers, especially and almost exclusively in the realm of young, when you have young children, to, to help them to learn what is right and wrong. So let me, let me ask you this question, and maybe you can help participate in the answer to this. What does discipline look like? How, how is discipline conducted in your home? Is, is, is that uh, something you struggle with as well? Or anyone want to be bold enough to lead out? <laughs> Who wants to be first? <laughs> I'll go. I, I struggled with it early on um, as a parent. You know, uh, we had a blended family. Um, and so I thought it was my job to be the general and the disciplinarian in the family. So, I mean, it was... My way or the highway, um, it didn't go real good. Um, you know, I thought I was winning, and every battle I won, the reality is behind the scenes I was actually losing. Um, and so on, I was going through Scripture in, in a class, um, and Ephesians 6, 4 really stood out to me. And I've got it in my notes here. It's the NLT version. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Mm. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Mm. Um, I like the way that the NLT specifically says it because it says, don't provoke your children. 
Um, and in my idea of discipline, that's exactly what I was doing, is provoking to anger. Um, and man, it didn't go good. It didn't go well at all. Um, and so as I studied this more and as, you know, God convicted me and I'm like, okay, am I showing the love of Christ in the way I'm parenting? Um, and so there was a, a mass transformation there and hey, everything's good now. <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. Anyone else? Yeah, so we, nobody likes to take things away from their kids. Like, it just doesn't feel good, right? right. Sometimes that becomes the, hey, okay, the N Nintendo Switch is mine for the next week. That's not happening. Um, but one of the things I think that, at least in our family, that we've made very intentional moves is when, when there's a bad decision that's been made, yeah, there's going to be consequences, but it's important to understand why that's a bad decision. Like, hey, you did this thing. You know why that's wrong, right? And if, they can, if, if your children can explain to you why that was not a good idea, and then you can explain to them, well, this is next time you have this choice, maybe stop for a minute and think this way. For us, that's, been, that's how we discipline our kids. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, you did this thing. That was dumb, buddy. That yeah. was dumb. <laughs> um, do you know why that was dumb? You feel really dumb now, don't you? Like, don't, but don't, don't feel dumb because here's how you can not make that mistake again. You're going to be a whole lot smarter because you made this one dumb decision. And so it's like, you don't want to take stuff away and you don't want to, you don't want to, to knock your kids down, but to find out a way to be like, listen, you're already knocked down because you made the choice. Here's how to fix that the next time. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good. I feel like every family, there's a good cop and a bad cop. <laughs> so raise your hand if you're the good cop. You know who you are. <laughs> Practice some self-awareness. Thank you. Raise your hand if you're the bad cop. Those hands go up so much higher because they're just so much more confident. Like, you better believe it. I'm going to lay down the law today. You're going to learn today. So pray for our kids. They got two bad cops <laughs> who are ready to die on every hill. So, you know. <laughs> but you have... You have they have great grandparents that... Yes, yeah, yeah that balance it. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, you know, I think... And again, my kids are six, so come back in 20 years and find out if this advice is any good. <laughs> but but um, I, I think ha having that, like, firm presence as, as early on as you can in their lives is good. So if you're kind of in that early stage like I am, just... Um, you know, even, even at two years old when you know that, you know, you can kind of get that subtext of whatever that interaction is, that rebellious spirit or whatever, you know, try to provide that firm, um, that firm positioning. I think for me, uh, there's a lot of things that don't require discipline if you can provide that admonishment early on. And so a lot of times the, the kid's acting in a certain way. And they, they just need to be pulled from that environment. And you, you just need to have a little chat. You know, you need to have a little tune-up. Um, and a lot of times you can avoid that discipline. Um, but if you, if you don't take the time to do that admonishment, then, you know, then, yeah, you just go straight, you go straight to that discipline. Um, you know, Scripture says, spare the, spare, spare the rod, spoil the child. Um, I mean, if we just get right into you know, discipline, it's like corporal punishment versus non-corporal punishment. I, per I personally don't think that I could wield corporal punishment in a measured manner. So I just, I don't go there. Um, 
some people may disagree. I, you know, I was spanked as a kid. I think it was great. I think it helped me. Um, I don't think I can do that. Um, now, in a few years, I may, <laughs> you know, once the kids get a little bit older, who knows? Uh, I, know that's, I know that's not what our culture says is acceptable. Um, but spare the rod, spoil the child, I don't think that, you know, that's, that comes from Proverbs, I believe. That's wisdom literature. I don't think that's prescriptive. I think it's descriptive. It's, it's figurative. Yeah, and so I think that just means, you know, pro- providing that, that discipline. And so, uh, and then also being aware of why, why am I choosing to discipline this child? I think Pastor Dwayne taught Emily and I this, that are you disciplining, disciplining this child because they, they need to have the right behavior or because you need to look a certain way? You know, or um, mm. uh, Whoa. there's there's a lot of times as a dad where I feel disrespected because mm. and that's just the social currency of men is respect. Mm. So, and this is not something that needs to be disciplined, but like my kids, I'll tell them to do something and they'll say why, and I'm instantly feeling disrespect. Just I hate that question. How dare you? Because I, I said. I so. want to say because I said so. Just get in the car. That's when you go you know? King James on him. Thou shalt. <laughs> Saith I in the car. <laughs> Second time today. But it's it's not disrespectful. They just genu- genu- genuinely have questions, and so you know to to make sure that the reason they're being disciplined is not because you've been triggered in some way. Mm, that's good. There, there was a big difference for me in, in understanding that there's two different ways to look at this. There's discipline and there's punishment. Mm. And they're not the same thing. Right. Punishment is the intention of hurting someone else. Mm. I never want to punish my kid because my kid's never done anything that deserves me to hurt or injure them. Discipline, on the other hand, involves discipleship. Yeah. It's good. Teaching. Yeah. Uh, My dad had several tools of discipleship. The racquetball paddle was one. (laughs) Love you, Dad. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There were some times when he would hold me on this arm, and we would go around the room like this. No joke. Did you get permission to share this? No. That, that, (laughs) That was a Walls of Jericho march. Yeah. I earned every one of those stripes. But, uh, you know, I got spanked as a 17-year-old kid. That's true. And I am going to counseling today because of that. (laughs) I'm teasing. Okay, just real quick. We're a little over time, so let me just ask you. So fathers in springtime and summer, uh, if you have one word of wisdom, just a quick 30 to 45-second word of wisdom for anyone who is... Uh, not a father yet, but going to be a father. Like the biggest surprise that you had, just a lesson, a quick lesson for somebody who is in their early fatherhood or even pre-fatherhood. Just anyone? Don't expect your wife to do all the stuff you don't want to (laughs) do. Like, get in there and do it. You you were 50% responsible. (laughs) <laughs> like, okay. go, go do the, be a dad. Change a diaper. Change a diaper. There you go. Feed a bottle. Matt, or Brad? <laughs> oh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things. I, I think that respect thing is something I, I would, you know, encourage men to just kind of listen for is, you know, times where you feel disrespected and to just be aware of that and um, to not just reflex to that. Uh, I think when you come home from work, your day has ended at work and your day has started at home and to just 
realize that you're clocking in to, you know, a, a, a different job and to not, you know, uh, zone out. That's good. Yeah, best piece of advice for right now is good luck. Good no, luck. No, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> um, the best piece of advice that I would probably give is take a breath before everything. Before you get angry, take a breath. Yeah. Before you decide to do something, take a breath. Breathing will help relax you. <laughs> Musicians, come. We're going to conclude. Let me just finish. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a story about you, Brad. <laughs> um, Did you get Brad's permission for this story? No, I didn't. <laughs> I may have to get forgiveness, but last week, Carter is three years old, right? And uh, my wife takes care of him a couple days a week, and they were doing something, going to eat his food or whatever, and she said, um, he asked a question, and she said, whatever. And Carter said, Grammy, we don't say whatever. <laughs> and I thought, oh, oh this is going to be good. <laughs> we don't say whatever, Grammy. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? What, <laughs> what was <laughs> So we're on our way to church, as all good arguments start. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I mean, let's be honest. Who got into an argument on the way to church today? Oh, today? Come on. Come on. Yep. <laughs> so, so it was just one of those moments where, you know, we're providing some admonishment early in the morning uh, as the kids are great. We get them up at like five on Sundays. They're champs. But they needed a little tune up. And so uh, we were providing that tune up. And then from the back, we heard this sweet little voice say, whatever. And I'm on 152. And I pulled this thing over. Yeah, baby. I'm like, No. No, we're not. No, that is not a word that we say. That is not how you talk to your mother. I think it was to Emily. It's like, that is not how you talk to your mother. Uh, and we do not say whatever. And whatever I did that day, I think I blacked out, you know, and I just kind of went into dad, maybe a little bit of dad rage mode, but hopefully it was measured. <laughs> what, whatever was said today, uh, that day, uh, was, was uh, heard. Yeah. They received, yeah, he they got received it. that We don't say whatever. Grammy, <laughs> so, we don't yeah. say he got it. He got it, yeah. Uh, we're going to con conclude this morning. And just and so would you stand uh, with me just for a minute? And I'm going to ask uh, uh, Brad, uh, would you pray for young fathers today with, with babies and, and the, in the springtime? Would you pray for yeah, fathers absolutely. this morning? God, we're so humbled to be put in such a position to reflect your character to our children and we're, we're um, just overwhelmed by that responsibility but God we know through the power of your Holy Spirit that you will give us everything we need to raise these children up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord so God would you humble us as men would you equip us with your love and all the fruit of the Spirit so that we can properly reflect who you are to them so that we can just be a mirror that would point our children to you. God, I pray um, grace on these fathers as they um, walk through this experience. Uh, I pray that you would, you would give them just extra amounts of grace as they make mistakes. Give them the humility to um, 
ask for forgiveness from you when they fall short, to ask for forgiveness from their children when they fall short, to set that example. God, we know that you can equip us. We know that you are equipping us. And so um, call us to prayer, call us to your word so that we may be uh, equipped for the task at hand. God, we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matt, for your statistics today. Pastor Daniel, will you please pray for every father in this room who's in the summer? They're getting teenagers in their home. Pray. Will you pray for them this morning? Yes, sir. Father God, I thank you right now for every father that's, that's here that's got older kids, teenagers right now, God. You know that, that, that you designed us and you know this phase of life very well. And so, God, we ask right now uh, that you would encourage by your spirit every father that's, that's, that's guiding, that's leading their kids uh, to grow up to be, to be men and women that love you. God, I pray right now that you would give just uh, just supernatural peace to them, God, as, as the challenges that come with having a little bit older children are different than having younger children right now. I pray that you would give them your wisdom uh, for every decision that they make. God, I pray that you would just give them a supernatural appreciation of the time that they have. God, 18 comes very, very quickly. And Lord, I pray right now that, uh, that you would give them moments, Lord, that they would see through your eyes the moments that, that their kids need to hear uh, your voice through their fathers. God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you, would, that you would just rest on every dad that's in this place this morning and everyone that's watching online as well, God, that you would give them an awareness when your voice speaks that they're to echo that to their children, that their children might know you better. Lord, I pray right now for, for just energy and, and excitement. God, I pray for, uh, just for, for knowledge right now, Lord, that as, uh, as teenagers and older kids get ready to, to walk into adulthood, Lord, I pray right now that this, this, in this final stretch that fathers would become encouragers and, and guidance that is, that is openly accepted by their kids. Lord, I pray that, that, that kids would turn their hearts to their fathers. God, I pray that, that your life and your love would be reflected in how we carry ourselves as dads. And I pray these blessings over everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, I know we've gone a little long, but just hang on. I just feel a sense to do this. Pastor Matt, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to pray for every blended family that's in this room today and, and, and watching on our online campus. That's going, to be, that's going to be one of the most challenging father jobs there, I, and, and you can certainly relate to that. Will you please, as a final kind of conclusionary prayer, pray for every blended family that's here today. God, you're amazing. And, and on this day where we celebrate fathers, God, it would be shameful for us not to recognize you, our heavenly father. God, uh, Pastor Barry mentioned that through scripture, there are not many examples of good fathers. And God, I, I think that's intentional because you want us to look to you for the example of a father. And so God, right now I pray for blended families. God, it's challenging where two families come together to make one. And, and God, it's, it's hard to be honoring to both families. And uh, so God, we just ask for patience. We ask for rejuvenation. We ask for, um, for your peace. God, the peace that you give is unlike any peace. It cannot be matched. And God, we, we just pray for um, your hand to be in these families. God, we pray for wisdom. We pray for um, just that 
blended families, God, can be reflective of your ideal family. God, let them come together as one, um, honoring you. Let these dads who take on additional children love them as their own. Let these children feel love from these blended family fathers that there is no distinctional difference. God, you love us unconditionally, and so we ask in these blended families for it to be love unconditional. God, let us follow the example that you've given because there is no greater example. You unconditionally love us despite our our flaws, despite the bad things that we do. God, you love us unconditionally, and that never changes. And so, God, in these blended families and families that have come together, God, just blend them together as one. Give them peace. Give them understanding. Give them resilience. And, God, give them grace, unconditional. Let these fathers reflect the love of you in everything they do. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Did they do good? <laughs> Can I have our elders and prayer partners to come? We conclude every service on Sunday morning, giving you an opportunity. If you need prayer this morning, if you have a prodigal in your life, if you have a challenge in your life, if you need healing provision, we want to pray for you. There's some pancakes out in the foyer. Happy Father's Day. We thank you for coming. I'm going to have the worship team from North Central come and lead us in one more song. You can be dismissed. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Holy stories that have proved your faithfulness. And I've seen miracles my mind can comprehend. Just leave those here. And there is beauty in what I can understand. Well, Jesus, it's you. Thank you for joining us in the Tiffany Fellowship Sermon Series. We truly hope that you were moved by the Word of God. It is our desire to see you built up in your faith, adding to the unity and strength of God's kingdom. You're invited to get connected at Tiffany Fellowship Church. If you're hearing the inspirational words of God for the first time, we would like to extend a helping hand in the decisions that are before you. So be encouraged to contact any of our staff members to meet and pray over the life-changing choices God has for you. As we close, our prayer is that the Lord will richly bless you, showing His kindness, compassion, and love to you. As well, if you are so moved, we would like to afford you the opportunity to give generously in support of this ministry and simply point to our available online giving opportunities. Be blessed in this day. Be continually encouraged by God's Word.